your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Wednesday in Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. Grant Bills in the studio. The eye candy on Facebook Live. If that's how you're listening, Facebook Live on Facebook, fourteen ten WIZM. Otherwise, you can listen on the Wisdom app. It's really easy. Go download the Wisdom app, and then there's a play button on there, and then you just hit play. And I think a little ad plays, and then boom, show. Simple as that. You put it in your pocket, and then you go walk around social distancing, go for a walk, walk your dog. Kind of how I listen to all my podcasts. I just and all my shows. I don't just put them, put it in my phone and and go for a walk, and there it plays. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. The Sugarloaf Ford talking text line. I see a lot of texts from Hayes this morning. Man, they must have been going at it. There's text after text. I'm kind of jealous, Grant. Do you see all these texts from this morning? Well, yeah. I, I pull up the, the, the text app on the computer, like normally at about 4.55, and normally like it's pretty clear because Mike reads the messages from the morning, right? Like, Or he'll respond. Like today, it's like unopened message after unopened message. Like I don't know what Mike said this morning, but he had people riled up apparently because Mike <laughs> must have said something I think... and then just ran out of the studio and left the computer. I think maybe what happened is Mike... Mike is is running his, running the board now. That's and true. Maybe he maybe he was having you know issues with uh, multitasking. Well, could, it's could it's be. a lot. Like I'm I'm not going to rip on Mike. You have the phone and you have the text line and you have the board and you have the mic. Like there's well, a lot then, going yeah, on. Yeah, and he's got all his he's got guests to call in. I'm not I'm not ripping on him either. I'm just it, it, but this is a lot of text. We should maybe we should answer <laughs> some of these. Blue Mark Sean Martin Libertarian guy Bruce a uh, couple of unknowns Gary Podesky Greg Luce Free Speech Fred. I mean, does Mike even need to talk in the morning? He just read text. See what I want to do is like the old Johnny Carson skit. What was it? Karnak where he had the answers and then he had to guess the question. Like, I want to read all these texts and try to come up with the topic that Hayes was using this morning. I'm going <laughs> yeah, to backtrack. Yeah, kind of like, uh, almost like Jeopardy a little bit. Yeah, exactly. the answer. Um, all right, so maybe we'll do that at some point. I don't know if we're going to have time for any of this because AJ Frells from uh, Exploitacos, he's going to come in. He's not going to come in. He's going to call in and we're going to talk about the economic impact that the virus is having on lacrosse and and beyond a little bit. Not be, we won't we won't get to the earth, but we'll probably slim it up to maybe Wisconsin. And the the, the biggest news there in in terms of well, I guess maybe that me and Grant are interested in is that Wisconsin canceled sports yesterday for the spring season, which is devastating to athletes that Grant, you know how you we paid so much attention to the the state tournaments not getting their state tournaments, right? We played one girls basketball tournament game and then they canceled the rest of the tournament in the winter, yeah. So there were a couple of teams, you know, there were probably like I'm I'm just going to say like 10 teams and maybe maybe 20 teams in the boys side because they 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 killed the the basketball season with one game to go to get to the state tournament. So, you know, depending on how many divisions or whatever. But at least they got most of their se- all of their season in, and for a handful of teams, they didn't get the grand prize. They didn't get to play for a state championship, which is devastating. But but all these spring sport athletes, golf, soccer, track, baseball, softball, none of them none of them get to even play a game. Which is, man, that just it just stinks. And on top of that, UW Lacrosse hosts the track and field meet every year. It's a two-day meet is it a two-day i believe it's a two-day meet i think it goes thursday through saturday doesn't i i never qualified for state and track so i guess i'm not the and i just yeah i'm blanking now because 
I, I'm thinking about the last time I covered state track, and, and I'm just getting mixed up with Minnesota. It's, I mean, it's a zoo. It's a, so many people come to town for that. You yeah. want to talk about economic impact and also, right, high school sports? Like, this is this is an instance where both of those issues are tied together. How many people coming into lacrosse and getting hotel? I mean, same with graduation, right? Lacrosse is, is going to be coming up short in a couple different events that every spring we would normally host. This year, not so much. Yeah, and graduation parties, right? All those all those uh, seniors graduating that that are expect some some you know hey just send the check right like I I'm guess. graduating just hey Grant you're graduating right you would plan on having a graduation party where people would give you money I mean yeah I didn't think about it that's not the focus I want to see my friends and loved ones but yeah I guess I, I didn't even think about the money Rick that's uh, that's a good point thinking about the money <laughs> um so yeah let's let's get to news Brad we're gonna do news so be ready. And we'll bring back AJ Frells from Explore Cross. We'll explore how the virus is going to impact us economically. I mean, we already can kind of guess, but I think AJ is going to bring some insight there. And then later in the show, we're going to bring on uh, Anthony Chagowski, UWL political science professor. And he's going to talk about a White House correspondent and U.S. News and World Report columnist that's speaking, quote unquote, at uwl tomorrow it's a it's a virtual thing but you guys everyone can participate as long as they go to the link and you know what i'm going to throw that link into the facebook live comments so if anyone wants to see that but we're going to talk to him about that and maybe some uh, some of the infighting that continues in the state of wisconsin all right brad the news coming up we'll be back after this on wisdom All right, welcome back to the Cross Talk PM. If you want to get in here, 608-785-7914, the talk and text line. I just posted on the Wisdom Facebook page about UWL hosting Kenneth Walsh. He's a White House correspondent and a U.S. News and World Report columnist. He'll be speaking through a virtual a virtual session i guess uh at through uwl at noon tomorrow and we'll talk about that a little later on the show right now aj frells from explore lacrosse aj how's it going i'm doing just fine the sun was shining here and raining that's one of those rare days but uh, right now it's out and it's a it's a beautiful day and we should appreciate what we have one of them uh, regardless of what we're dealing with is it one of them days where i, I imagine you're you're working in the office most of the day huh i'm actually i'm actually right now i'm at home working from home oh so you are okay our, our crew is uh, working remotely and uh, have been for a while to keep everybody safe and, and healthy. And, you know, that's what we need to do for, for our folks. And, you know, we hope everybody else is out there doing the same thing right now. As much as we love to promote tourism and we, we love the area, we want to see people come here right now. We need to be safe and, and keep everybody healthy. So it, it's, uh, it's a hard time for us because we just uh, we know what a great area this is to bring people to and, and uh, it's just it's just tough for us to hold back because we get so excited about promoting the area. Yeah, tough time. Except that on a day like today, you can get like the the gravity chair out in the lawn and, and bring your laptop out there, right? That's how you're working. <laughs> uh, be honest, I haven't left the kitchen table or the computer since all day long. I gotta yeah. gotta be honest with you. I it's felt... been, a, been a busy day. We've been dealing with quite a few uh, things, including budget cuts and some of those things that we just just like everybody else. Yeah, I so felt bad every time. time. Every time I had to email you, I'm like, man, he just told me he's busy, and now I'm just going to send him a stupid email uh, that you don't <laughs> need to see. I can just get you when when we talk here. Um, but yeah, there's you know we get we we have this whole list of things to talk about. But me and Grant uh, in the studio, we're just we're just bringing up the the economic impact of you know the state track meet at UW Lacrosse being canceled. Is uh, and I don't know if that's the 
biggest thing that happens in lacrosse on a year-to-year basis, but it's got to be one of the biggest, right? It is definitely one of the biggest that happens, and, and we look forward to it every year. Uh, it you know it impacts the entire region. It it just it's just huge. And the thing to remember is is that not only is it about tourism, but it's about those kids and those families coming here, uh, their opportunity to to experience you know something that they've worked towards their entire lives. Uh, the families are excited about it, and it's truly unfortunate that they're they're unable to to you know get here and, and accomplish those goals. I'm an old guy, but I I went to state for shot put and track way back, and you know when the dinosaurs roamed, and and uh, you know I, I still brag about it now. I mean it's you know it was, it was a great experience. It was once in a lifetime, and I really feel feel for the kids and then not being able to get here. And the other thing is is when those families and those uh, those kids get here, sometimes it's the first time they've ever been to the lacrosse region. And I'm going to tell you when you're out there working the event. And you see the look on their faces when they see the bluffs, the waterways, the foliage. They take in the historic downtown, the fantastic restaurants and shops that we have to offer. They see the arts that we have to offer as well. And you, I can't tell you how many times I hear, I want to go to school here. And what does that mean for our area? Um, you know, it's, it's just tremendous. And every group that comes in that has youth tied to it, so to speak. You know, it could be the ice fishing tournament. It could be the youth fishing tournaments coming up here. It could, could be anything. And any of those groups that, uh, that come in with their families, they're always in awe of how beautiful this region is. And, you know, we get to live here and we yeah. get to enjoy it. Oh yeah, and I I could imagine you know I would I would say the UWL track if you're sitting in the stands competes with maybe just about any facility like that in the United States. Even if you want to go to like the Rocky Mountains or out west where you know Mount Rainier is in the background or something like that. Hey, I, we don't have any mountains, but man, we have the bluffs. And, and you know, when it comes to fall, that's maybe the best view in in, in the United States. Um, but in terms of numbers, do, can you guys even put a number factor on losing the state track meet? And then who gets hit hard? The, who gets hit the most? Restaurants, hotels? Is it even? Is there some? Is there a facility? You know, a entity that I'm missing there? No, it, it probably, and I'll give you a conservative number because I I tend to quote them that way just so nobody thinks we're ever inflating anything. So honestly, we're probably looking at. At two to two and a half million dollars of economic impact, and that that number's conservative. I'm going to tell you that right now, but easily, and that's on a bad year. Uh, it could be way higher than that, depending on the you know the year and how things go. And uh, again, the who gets hit the hardest? Well, the hotels obviously fill up. It's a great weekend for them. The restaurants are busy. Everybody's affected by it. The shops, the downtowns are are bustling. The kids are here again, with their families, and, and, their, and, and this is what happens all the time with these events and conferences as well. People come here, they see it. We talk, just talked about how beautiful it is here, how great the area is, and they want to come back because that weekend, this weekend we're talking about for WIA State Track and Field is, is a weekend when those families are busy and they're focused on those kids doing competing the best that they can while they're here. So they're not focused on a lot of sightseeing, but they're certainly eating in our restaurants, shopping well, and staying in the hotel well, and so forth. So they come back 
and we get repeat business out of it. And it's the same way with conventions at the at the convention center. I would. Uh, somebody I would, comes to a meeting and they go, sorry. Uh, they come to a meeting and they just say, I, I got to bring my family back is what a neat area. I would Sorry argue, I'm not arguing that they wouldn't come back, but AJ, they go to the state track meet, they watch their kid run the hundred meter dash and 12 seconds later, they're like, all right, now what do you want to do for the next day? <laughs> you know, as long as they make it to the finals, uh, then they spend the whole day yep. just, you know, out and about around the city. They, they do. They, they check it out and they, they stick around. Um, and you know, while we're talking about this, hats off to UWL and the quality of work they do, the facility that they have that they put this on. I mean, they they do a tremendous job, and it is so well ran. And and uh, you know, we want to make sure that we uh, mention just what a top notch facility that is because you, I mean, it's just incredible facility there. And, and of course, their track program is fantastic. We all know that. Yeah, definitely one of the you know the 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 best historically in Division three. Um, okay, so beyond the the economic impact of just the track meet. Um, just in general, because everything, a lot of things are shut down. A lot of people are, you know, changing their lives to, to adjust here. Do, do you have, you know, and we have this list. You've got the status of hotels, the importance of restaurants, shopping, dining. What what do you think is taking the biggest hit? Even the arts, you have the arts on this list too. The biggest hit in, in terms of how society has changed the last, you know, month or so. And what's taking the biggest hit in the city? Well, and that's you know that's hard to say because it's it's just everybody's taken and I can tell you that because we're in the tourism industry the restaurants the hotels the shops that are closed I mean everything's everything's taken a hit I mean there's no one that this hasn't touched absolutely and if we reflect back on 2018 because we don't have 19 uh, numbers but you know Lacrosse County when Wisconsin ran their their report we're ranked number nine out of 72 counties throughout the entire state for visitor spending. In 2018, we saw $279 million, $279 million. That's sort of over a quarter of a billion dollars in visitor spending, direct spending, in our county alone. So obviously tourism plays a big part, brings a lot of people, leaves a lot of dollars behind. You know, the the meetings and conventions, you, you know, you talk about that as well. And, you know, we're closing in on, on 60 meetings that we're aware of and, and uh, events that have been canceled. And there's more out there I'm sure we don't have track of due to COVID-19. And that's, Rick, that's closing in on, you know, five and a half to $6 million. And, again, that's a conservative number on what we've lost in revenue. So the hotels are running. You talk about who's getting hit the hardest. Hotels are running single occupancy, digit occupancy right now. I mean, you drive through town and you take a look at those parking lots and you go out to Alaska, Holman, West Salem, Campbell, you know, over, even over in La Crescent. We represent La Crescent now as well. And uh, you take a look at those hotel parking lots and there's not a lot of cars in them. And they're feeling it hard. I mean, it, it's hit them hard. People aren't traveling. They're told to stay at home. And again, we want people to be, be healthy. We want them to be safe and take care of themselves. But it's a tremendous, tremendous hit for the for the hotels and the restaurants and, and all the shops. Um, how about stuff like, you know, the, what I sent you that Brad wanted to know, Riverfest, Oktoberfest, uh, marketing plans for, for coming up. Uh, the, the Viking cruises are, are coming, you know, in 2022 down the road. I don't even know if you're thinking about that yet, but how about those events like Riverfest and Oktoberfest? Do you have any, any gauge on, on, on the impact for that? If it, if maybe they're canceled yeah. or. Well, we're, we're obviously hopeful that, 
that those are, you know, we're going to have a chance to get those off. I know Riverfest folks are, are looking at it. They're watching it closely. Uh, as of yesterday, I knew they were going to have a meeting and talk about things. I have not heard, and that meeting wasn't yesterday, but I, I heard that there was a meeting coming up. I was talking to Art Fay or at the center, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, you know, they got a meeting coming up to talk about that. And, and uh, you know, we're certainly hoping that, that somehow, and it may look a little different maybe. I, I'm not sure what their plans are. I'm not on the Riverfest crew and, and helping them out and, and working with them. But, you know, we're certainly there to promote it and, and help them in that way. But I'm not in the inner circle, put it that way. And, you know, they're, it may, maybe their plans are to make it look a little bit different, a little more spread out. I don't know what they're going to do, but we sure hope that they're going to be able to still have that event. Um, and again, they've, you know, they've got to do it right. We got to do the right thing to keep people, uh, to keep people safe. Oktoberfest, same way, you know, it's a little ways out yet. We're hoping that's going to happen as well. And uh, huge impacts, again, for us, you know, and, and what can happen for not only our visitors, but also in what it brings dollars to the area, but also for the, the residents in our community and our, our area. I mean, those type of events are, those those events are the ones that I always say have a, a crossover between, you know, what a, what appeals to tourism and bringing visitors to the area and economic impact and so forth, as well as quality of life uh, for our residents and our locals that live in the area. So when you've got an event like that, 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 uh, you know, and it's like rotary lights as well. We talked about that not too long ago, not that that's tied into this, but those type of things are, 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 are a winner. They're always a big hit because your locals love it. They enjoy it. It's a it's a big plus, and then it draws in you know the tourism dollar as well. So we sure hope that they're able to to still put those events on. I haven't I haven't looked far enough out to put a number on that one yet, to be honest with you. But you know it, it's it's big. I you know the study was done by Whitewater on Oktoberfest, and and I'm shooting off the top of my head. I could be off a little bit, but I think it was about economic impact from White, uh, UW Whitewater was about 15 million on Oktoberfest. Now, AJ Frowles from Expo Lacrosse. AJ, uh, Germany canceled Oktoberfest already, September 19th through October 4th. <laughs> Germany. So uh, the idea that Oktoberfest at Lacrosse, September 24th through the 27th, um, man, I don't know. If Germany if Germany canceled theirs, I don't know how we're going to do ours. But I, well, I'm just saying. We'll see. we'll see how we do. We see how we do managing this thing. Nobody's Nobody can get a beat on this as far as, you know, as far as what it's, how it's going to play out and, and you know, it's just hard, and then, and that's the tough part for everybody is trying to to get this your mind wrapped around the longevity of this, or is there going to be something that breaks that's going to help, and and you know, and so forth. So it's yeah. just it, it, that's that's really the tough part is the unknown for all, for all of us. Yeah, every day seems to be some kind of new tweak to the story. You know, lately meatpacking plants are going down because someone gets the virus and they're yeah. all in there packed together, and you think about. Okay, well, we want to have Oktoberfest. You think about how packed together people would would be. So if there's no break in 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 this virus and how we you know cure it or or, or you know fight it or get a vaccine, uh, a lot of that stuff. But when I when I asked you about state track and being one of the biggest things that happens in lacrosse is Oktoberfest. You know, because partly because of the longevity, it's four days long, right? Is Oktoberfest maybe the biggest thing, the biggest money maker for for the city? It it certainly is is the top top tier of what we have to offer and and what and they do a great job of it to bring people. We're well known for it. Obviously, people enjoy it. 
uh, and come to the area. I mean, there are there are so many great events here, but it, it's it's yeah, it, it, it's a big one. There's no doubt about it. It's it's a, it's the granddad. Um, and then and when we we talk about it, you know, I'm looking at your list. Uh, is there something that we don't often? I mean, it's easy to go restaurants, stores, hotels. These these events that are happening, you know, we have a charity drive every Friday, food drive Fridays at three locations lacrosse to kind of make up for um, these charity drives that can't happen normally now. So we're going to do this like drive through situation. Is there, you know, and then, you know, one of these things on your list is the loss of sporting events revenue. So that would be one that you're not even thinking. Of course, yeah, UW lacrosse is not having a track event, but all the other events aren't happening either. Um, is there another thing like that where it's just maybe a little off the radar, but hey, this is also being impacted and not happening? Well, absolutely. The sporting events are, are just starting to ramp up, as you you would imagine, with summer coming and spring, and we're seeing the green grass and the boats out on the water for fishing and, and everything. And, you know, I would say right now, best calculation is on top of the the the. 5.5 to 6 million for conventions. I'm sure we've lost at least three and a half million in uh, sporting events thus far. I mean, total altogether, we're probably looking at eight and a half, maybe even nine million dollars of, uh, of spending, prisoner spending, and economic impact that we've we've lost out on already. As summer rolls in, and uh, you know, we we have more and more sporting events. That we're looking at, um, you know, that number for sporting events at loss. If we, we can't get find our way out of this and find ways to make it work, and uh, you know, and the safer at home order stays in place. And again, we want everybody to be safe. Let's keep them healthy. Uh, you know, that number is going to grow because it's just that time of the year. You know, and, and you know, going back to the hotels and talking about that time of the year. I mean, it's you know, we just came out of, uh, of the winter, which is the soft season for our hotels and, and restaurants as well, and shops and and now you know they're they're looking looking forward to that revenue that was going to come in spring with all the events and sporting events and festivals and everything else so it, it again it's, it's taking a hard hit on everybody there's no doubt about it all right aj frells executive director of explore lacrosse hey thanks for spending some time with us and and, and get, you know breaking it down a little bit absolutely uh, wish you the best and uh, stay stay healthy Rick. all right thanks you too all right that's uh we're going to have to hit Scott's comment in the news. Look at the time. Uh, when we come back, Anthony Tregowski, UW lacrosse, political science professor. We're going to talk about the White House correspondent talk he's going to have tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, And uh, maybe we can get in some, some p- political talk. If you guys want to call, I, I think we could take some questions for Tregowski. 608-785-7914. Is that right? Is that right? I'm blanking. 608-785-7914. That is right. That's the number. All right. We'll be back after this. I was. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Dr. Anthony Chagowski, UW Lacrosse political science professor on the phone with us. I, I hesitated because not all professors are doctors, but you're a doctor, right, Anthony? <laughs> I, I am a doctor, Rick. Just okay. not the useful kind that can like treat you or make you make you well when you're sick, you know. Yeah, and I I've had this conversation with Grant a couple of times, and Keith Knutson from Viterbo is a political science professor that comes in with me on Thursdays, and I'm always like, I, I, because politics is so bloody right now, not literally bloody, but like it's just so fierce, and everyone wants to seemingly talk about it in one way or the other. And we have we bring you guys on. And I'm like, but what is political science really? Can you define it easily without uh, you know taking up 20 minutes? 
Yeah, you know, it's the study of why things happen the way they do in politics. So, you know, like, for example, why do people vote for the candidates that they do? Why does Congress fail to pass a law or succeed in passing a law? Why did the president make this decision and not that decision? They're trying to understand the processes and the outcomes in the political system. And can you point to any point, any, you know, time period where, I mean, is this, are we in super abnormal times where everything any party does is exploited by the other party is, you know, terrible? Yeah, you know, Rick, the historian Doris Kearns Goodwin says that we are, uh, we are more divided as a country than we have been since the Civil War. And statistical measures of polarization, polarization just refers to how divided the parties are, that would tend to back up her claim. We haven't seen this level of polarization in well over a century. In addition, Rick, I would say that a big trend right now that political scientists have their eye on is called negative partisanship. It's when people aren't motivated by a love of their own preferred political party. They're just motivated by hating on the scoundrels on the other side. You have massive divisions, and you have a politics that is driven a lot by negativity. So, yeah, we are incredibly divided, historically so. Yeah, I think that that's a good point. We we don't I don't think many of us love who represents us if we're affiliated with a party. I don't, you know, like here like how many people really love Ron Kind as their representative, but man, we love to like just point to the other side and go, I I might not love Ron Kind, but I sure do hate, you know, Jim Hagedorn on the you know, he's my congressman, so he's a Republican in the, on the Minnesota side. So um, Ron, Ron Kahn, eh, you know, we don't see eye to eye on stuff, but man, Jim Hagedorn, I just can't stand that guy. So that makes a lot of, a lot of sense, but I mean, that's probably not a great way to, to go about anything, I think. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you're, you're acting out of a place of fear and dislike, you know, one thing that a recent study from Georgetown University showed is that a majority of people say that the other side is a threat to the country and that the other side doesn't have the country's best interests in mind when they're just doing what they do. And so people are really acting out of that and Rick, one thing that the research in kind of a subfield of political science, we, we study the psychology of politics. And one thing that we see there is that fear and anger are big motivators in politics. They really spur people to action and they really motivate people's actions in a big way. And gosh, you know, if there's a word that summarizes the political scene today, it's like negativity and anger, I think. Yeah, I follow this, and I'm going to get into this a little bit. I follow this page. I think it's Represent Us or Represent U.S., and maybe it's a play on words there. But the the graphic they'll often show is, you know, and I'm, I'm guessing the numbers, but, you know, like 97% of incumbents get reelected and – and then, like, only 5% of the, the people that vote for them actually agree with, you know, who, who represents them. Something Those numbers aren't, aren't correct, but they're really outliers. Like, the incumbents always seem to get reelected, and we don't even agree with the incumbents, but they, they just seem to keep, you know, 
remaining in office. Ron Kine may be well, a good Rick, example that, there. Rick, that was the 2016 election in a nutshell. I mean, those were the two least popular major party presidential candidates we've ever seen. I mean, you know, the, a lot of the people, a lot of people out there love Donald Trump, but for a big portion of people, they were just voting against Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. And the same was true on the other side. They weren't so much voting for Hillary Clinton as they were voting against Donald Trump. So I think what you're saying is absolutely right. And my goodness, did that summarize how a lot of people thought through their voting decision in the 2016 election? Yeah. And then and then how many people just sat out because they're like, screw you guys, I'm staying home. Absolutely. I mean, we saw a voter turnout dip in Wisconsin, and I don't think that was an accident given the perceptions of the candidates. And I would imagine going into the next election, uh, both parties have no idea what's going to happen because you, you, everyone wants to try to look at the election that happened a couple of weeks ago in Wisconsin. And you probably can't take anything away from that because could they vote? Could they vote? not vote? Could they vote absentee? Did they stay home from voting because it was dangerous or did they go to vote, to spite, you know, whoever said don't go out and vote. I don't know. Do you guys, yeah. can you guys even think about that at this point? You know, you know, Rick, I would love nothing more than to be able to unpack the results of the election last week and say, aha, I know exactly what's going to happen in November now. But the fact is, it was such an unusual election in many ways when you have the, the weird court situation and the uncertainty about many aspects of the election. It's such a weird election that I think we can learn literally nothing from that election in terms of how things are going to turn out in November. Yeah, it's like a throwaway. It's like when the Dolphins beat the Patriots uh, <laughs> in Miami, and, and it's the 17th week, right? Like, you learn nothing from that game because the Patriots didn't care. Exactly. I mean, and that doesn't take away from the fact that the results were surprising. I mean, you know, we weren't we weren't expecting for the – outcome to be what it was in terms of the double-digit victory for Karofsky. I don't want to take away from the significance of the election. It's a significant election because it narrows the conservative majority on the state Supreme Court. But does it teach us any broad lessons about Wisconsin politics? <laughs> that that I'm a little skeptical of. Oh, I will say, uh, Chagowski, you to be a lacrosse political scientist, uh, Dr. Anthony Chagowski on with us. Dolphins and Patriots, those are NFL football teams. I know you political science nerds don't know what sports are. What is football? <laughs> That's probably more Keith than it is Dr. Turgoski. Oh, yeah. Just, just so, making a hunch, just having a guess. Yeah, I, I'm guessing. Hey, hey I, will, I will tell you this, Rick. I came in second place in the political science fantasy football league last year. So, you know, this is who you're talking to, man. Do you have uh, how many people? What are there like four people in your league then? <laughs> yeah, like four people who know nothing about football. I mean, hey, it's easy money. Um, all right, so <laughs> reeling this into, and we can talk about this, the correspondent here in a minute. But reeling this into Wisconsin politics a little bit more, can can you just can you talk about how Republicans are going to? Okay, so they're going to sue Governor Evers or the state or is there – I forgot the, the health secretary's name. They're going to sue yeah. her or some entity to reopen up the state. Meanwhile, they've just postponed their political party or what does uh, what that cause? It was happening in May. They're essentially – Yeah, the convention. The convention, the convention. there it is. Meanwhile, they're postponing that convention maybe because of Governor Evers' orders but maybe because of safety as well. Um, I don't know. Like – 
and and they're and they're asking to sue Governor Evers or Wisconsin over the stay-at-home order. They, they want to skip right to the Supreme Court. Did they yeah. did they also do that during the election too? Did they ask to skip right to the Supreme Court? And how how inappropriate is that? Well, they, they, that they did, Rick. They skipped to the Supreme Court, and I mean for really good reason because. Dan Kelly is still on the Supreme Court. Jill Karofsky isn't on there quite yet, and that means that there's a five to two conservative majority still there on the Supreme Court. So it, the fancy political science term for this is venue shopping. You want to take your battle to the venue where you are most likely to win. That's exactly what the Republican leaders are trying to do here. What they're trying to do is block the governor's order and require a legislative committee to approve the uh, the DHS plans. But then Speaker Voss today said that they didn't file the lawsuit to lift like all of the restrictions, but just to require legislative input. So I guess the questions that I would have is what kind of input do they want to have? And is this just more about process than the substance of the order? I mean, is it the case that Speaker Voss opposes the order on like a substantive level or does he just oppose the the process the path by which we got there or do- they seem to be making more of a process argument to me rick but uh I'd, I'd like to have some clarity on that they probably do they want just do they just want the headlines hey look we're fighting the democrats on this because you know whatever we're we're fighting them <laughs> you know just the, just that that the division as long as we're fighting yeah. evers on something then we look good for, to our political party yeah. And, you know, I mean, in an, in an age of intense polarization, how can the Republicans score points with their base by just taking on Tony Evers? And on the flip uh, side, maybe maybe Evers didn't I, I, did Evers not include the Wisconsin GOP, the legislature in uh, his decision. I don't know. Like maybe he didn't. Maybe they wanted some input. Hey, what do you think about doing this or that? I'm sh- I feel like they probably have some planning meetings and how to do this stuff. Yeah, you know, my again, Rick, my question is, would their proposed plan, because I'm honestly not aware of what the plan would be, but is this just about them wanting a seat at the table? Is this about them substantively disagreeing with the outline and the plan that Evers has, or is this just politics? You know, and, and I think I, I think I would say that it's just politics, you know, uh, kind of safe to say that whenever one party is doing the other. Um, But then they seem to kind of be making more of a process-based argument and backing off of the argument that they're against what Tony Evers did, because, Rick, the polls show broad support for the government's measures. Now, you can argue about the process that was used to reach those decisions, but, you know, these protesters in Madison, for instance, they're, they do not statistically represent the majority of the people when you look at public opinion about social distancing and limiting the size of groups and stuff like that. Well, the idea of talking about these protesters is kind of funny. Uh, somebody called yesterday and said there was a, some protesters down at Copeland, and you're thinking, whoa, they're protesting the, the stay-at-home order. You know, and, and then ended up being like four to ten people there. And, and you know, at, come Friday, the, the illegal protest that's going to go on because they don't have a permit – Seems like they uh, might maybe there'll be like 75, 150 people there and we're going to make a big deal out of it. But really, like the the percentage of of people they're protesting, aside from if you remember the women's rally, the women's march, the day what the day after Trump was elected, 
there were millions of people protesting, right? So the, we, we give a lot of attention to some things just because they're different and they get headlines and people look silly in pictures holding Confederate flags and, and wearing masks despite, you know, <laughs> protesting the fact that they don't need to wear a mask. I don't know. Well, so celebrating the well-known Confederate heritage of Wisconsin, right? Yeah, definitely. And then <laughs> I think somebody made a comment on our – and I, I, can't, I can't find it, but they – the the idea that they're they're protesting Governor Evers' stay at home order. Governor Evers is just abiding by Donald Trump's stay at home, you know, mandates or not mandates, but you know, rules that are, are you know offered to the states. Not he hasn't put the the hammer down and saying you know close up the states, but he's offered these rules and Evers has taken the rules. And then the protests are against Evers, but really they're against Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, and you wonder how the politics of this unfolds, Rick, because it seems like a week from tomorrow or or a week from Friday, everyone's got to have all of their stuff into the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court's going to consider the issue. The politics of this could dramatically have changed by then. I mean, because, for instance, we just hit a daily high in terms of numbers of new cases, and we've got a big outbreak right now in Brown County. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, even though the court is moving really fast in how it's dealing with this lawsuit, the situation on the ground is moving even, even faster. And that makes this all the more unpredictable and chaotic. Yeah. Um, OK, before we before we before we run out of time, Anthony, Dr. Anthony Tregowski, UW lacrosse political science professor. Do you want to talk about this? The, the mad scientist that you have on tomorrow, uh, a virtual yeah. tour. I have it. I have it on our Facebook page. Um, there's a UWL link there to sign up, right? Anyone can participate? Anyone can participate, yeah. We have Ken Walsh, who longtime White House correspondent from U.S. News & World Report. He has interviewed five presidents, and he's been at this forever. He's going to be talking to us about presidents in crisis, which I think is just a fantastic topic, because you think about how do we judge presidents historically. We judge them largely according to what kind of crisis did they face if they faced a crisis and then how did they handle that crisis and how much golf they did yeah, well yeah i mean yeah right i mean like the, the crises become defining moments of presidencies and they become critical to how we rank them historically so uh yeah he'll be presenting on uh presidents in times of crisis uh, as you mentioned, Rick, you tossed the link on the uh, WISM Facebook page. All are welcome to participate. Uh, you just have to sign up at advance uh, noon to one fifteen tomorrow, and then we'll have a recording available as well. Now, is, there, is this a situation where you're interviewing him, or is he just speaking, or can people ask questions? It looks like you're having a Q&A afterwards. I don't know if that's with him or with you. Yeah, he just published a book on presidents in crisis uh, that traces the history of presidents in crisis from, I think, Roosevelt through Trump. So he's going to present on his book, and then I'll take questions, and people, if they tune in live, can absolutely submit questions. Okay, that'll be awesome. Uh, Dr. Anthony Chagowski, thanks a lot, and we'll, we'll try to bring you on uh, a little bit more. We can, we can dive into to some more of this stuff. Sounds great, Rick. All right, thanks. So we're going to take another quick break. We'll be back to wrap up after this right here on Wisdom. A couple of minutes left in the show. Make sure my mic is on. Uh, if you want to, I guess Libertarian Guy is sad that Eric didn't text 
didn't call in, but we might not just not have had time. I'm sure Eric called in. I'm I'm sorry to Eric. I'm sorry to anybody who might have called and and gotten a busy signal today with AJ on the phone, who is great, and then with Dr. Chergoski as well. It's just hard to get everyone in, and I want everybody to have time to to express their ideas. And when we're packing, you know, two or three people on the phone at once, that sometimes gets difficult. So I apologize. But tomorrow and Friday, we'll we'll have lots more time. So yeah, today was tomorrow, just a little busy. We like to really bombard Keith Knutson with the, all the calls. <laughs> and he loves it. He, he does. loves participating. He loves having debates, conversations, as long as they're conversations. I will say, if you go to wisdomnews.com, I, we, speaking of bombarding, there's just been a bombardment of news, all kind of a, hovering around the COVID vi- COVID-19 virus, uh, lacrosse, all the surrounding counties here, no new cases. What well, that's good news. And uh, Winona County, some sad news. The the lady that was 104 years old that ended up surviving the virus, and she had been recovered for 12 days. Uh, she died over the weekend, so she didn't die from the virus per se, but she was 104. She stayed alive just long enough to beat COVID, give everyone a middle finger, and then go out on her own terms, <laughs> which I think is. Awesome. Obviously, it's super sad that she passed away. But. Yeah, um, and she she ended up dying at the same, um, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term, old folks' home there. That uh, it's Sauer something S A U E R. All ten deaths in Winona have come out of that home, and they've actually been moving healthy people out of that home into another home closer to, I think, Lake Manor or something like that. It's called. Um, so it's kind of interesting, but man, there's a lot of news on um, meatpacking plants and. Governor Walls getting testing. So go check it out, wisdomnews.com. We'll be back with Keith Knutson tomorrow. Thanks, guys.